This is Moving Pictures. I'm your host, Brent Gunn. And I'm your co-host, Mitchell Kakalka. Tickled is a documentary you owe it to yourself to see. Definitely. Money is endless. This tickling empire is way bigger than we ever imagined. They have tickle cells all over the U.S. They're everywhere. And at some point, these boys say, I'm done. The thing that she hates the most was no. It was like a bomb went off. Your phone number and your personal information are entirely known and subject to publication on the internet. All hell broke loose. All of a sudden, these videos are on YouTube, Vimo, and every other site you could imagine. Sending emails to the high school that I coach at. What do you think your mother's going to think about this? <laughs> We're shooting a documentary. I understand it's, what uh, you think you're doing. If you want to stick your head in the blast first, do it. Jane O'Brien's a ghost. OK, let's go. We watched this together about a couple Two or weeks, three weeks ago. weeks ago, I think. Um, off of just like numerous recommendations from other people, mm-hmm. um, I had only heard about it like from uh, like various movie reviews and, yeah. and you know YMS. I think they did a kind of review of it. Yeah, yeah, and they they kept a lot under wraps. Mm-hmm. That's they, kind of been like the that's kind of been how most reviewers and people who recommend this movie kind of approach it, is saying, "Oh, you have to see it. You have to see. It, you have to see it." But and just going blind. But just like don't find anything out about it beforehand. And really, the only thing I knew about it was basically what what, what the trailer owned up to, which mm-hmm. is David Ferrier is this journalist from New Zealand mm-hmm. who stumbles across this uh, video of a sport, quote unquote sport called competitive tickling. And he he he's just immediately enamored by it and it's mm-hmm. a, it's such a weird thing to him. Yeah. So upon finding more and more of these tickling videos, he tries to get into contact with the people he believes is making them and immediately he's pushed back and like insulted and threatened mm-hmm. and He's like, all right, well, now I really have to go see, like, what yeah. these people are doing. And he essentially opens up this giant, like, not crime ring. No, but, like, I, th- I think, like, I've described this before. It's li- literally, like, an international conspiracy, not not exactly like a crime, yeah. not, not like a criminal, like, empire, but a very odd happening that's much broader in scope than, like, the audience or David Ferrier, like, could even imagine from the from the get go. So, just just a heads up, we're going to be spoiling basically the entire movie mm-hmm. and then some. If you want to see it, pause it, go watch it, come back, and now you're back. All right. So now we're spoiling it. So what happens is essentially David comes into contact with these these lawyers, mm-hmm. which are the the masterminds you know lackeys and they just continuously keep kind of insulting and threatening and and pushing david and his uh his assistant director uh dylan reeve dylan reeve um away from the project you know uh throwing you know like lawsuits and and shit in 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 their Mm -hmm. way and david just completely like just commits and goes all in even i i believe against the wishes of his boss who at times it, even said like let's just call it the off pro- the producers of the documentary like at, and they portray this like in the film it's at several points kind of getting contact with david and dylan say this this might not be like worth it to go down this road to go up against these people well the story winds up in good old muskegon michigan <laughs> where 
David finds this one person who's finally willing to talk to him because earlier in the film, he starts trying to reach out to participants, athletes Mm -hmm. in the tickling videos, and none of them want to talk. And then he finds one who does want to talk. And what he learns from this, this individual is basically that his life was ruined by this tickling video. Yeah. Um, the first athlete that he talks to, he talks to two. Mm-hmm. He talks to one later on, but the first one he talks to is this this free agent athlete who is you know trying trying to do like you know like all these different gigs and stuff. And he tells David that you know his family was in a bit of a bind and he really needed money, so he found this thing online saying like, oh, it will pay you thousands of dollars to do this like you know uh. uh you know, athletic tickling thing, you know, whatever. <laughs> so he does it, gets the money, and it's their agreement that, you know, it's not going to go online. It's for, like, a private collection or, like, some private whatever. And he's uh-huh. like, all right, whatever. I, I Like, I do it, too, like, for thousands of dollars. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. But um, later on, he realizes that all those videos are getting posted. And upon watching the videos, they are pretty strange. Uh-huh. It's very, like, homoerotic and even though they insist that they, it's not gay, yeah, there's nothing gay about it. It's the least gay thing there is. But I mean, that's that's originally what um, kind of like drew David Ferrier like into like pursuing this more is that he <laughs> is that he um, as this kind of like kind of sort of that kind of like weird like out there like counterculture when he's pursuing like um, journal- journalistic stories. Like he's like, oh, this is weird this is like great and they, he comes out and they just like hammer him with like homophobic slurs and like he's, he's bisexual himself yeah. isn't he yeah mm-hmm. so I is that like public knowledge that he is because I'm yeah, almost inclined yeah, to believe that they, they like looked it up like, I think he has talked about it in the past before and it was uh, it was because he was within like New Zealand he was kind of like this um, Louis Thoreau um, Anthony Bourdain-esque um, pop cultural journalist right and so like that that information was public knowledge okay yeah so yeah they're, they're immediately just trying to like you know really pin the guy and, mm-hmm. and you know make him feel like crap and like in, in the documentary itself I kind of like remember like exactly how David like says it it's like yeah, how surprised he is that they're that they're taking that stance when like the product that they're putting out there is so pauses for a second like so gay, I mean like, so obviously. I mean yeah yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, like it, you, like it, you said homoerotic. It's, it's very very homoerotic. There's really no other way. That's, that's no other way. Look at it like through that. So the, this young athlete, you know, these videos of him getting tickled by like these these you know younger guys. Mm-hmm. You know, some people in those videos were underage. It did later come out and, you know, re- reveal, which is like a whole other uh, mm-hmm. like can of worms. But he was saying that like these coaches that, that you know, he was he was trying out for would know about these videos before he even showed up. Mm-hmm. And of course, they don't want him on the team. They think like you're some deviant pervert. Yeah. You know, you know, when he tried to reach out to the uh, the the creators of the videos, say, hey, can you take these videos down? They just put him on more streaming services mm-hmm. and. That's when the documentary really takes like a pretty weird turn mm-hmm. or a darker turn yeah. for sure. Both weird and dark. Very weird and dark. A very ticklish turn. Oh, no. He he ends up going through all these different hoops that we're going to get into more. But he ends up in Muskegon and he mm-hmm. finds this one guy who essentially tries to talk and and reveal all this information. They figure out that the person to, to behind this entire empire of making these tickling videos is David D'Amato. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what Demoto says next is a reminder of how this whole tickling saga started three years ago. 
when Jane O'Brien Media didn't want to be interviewed by a gay journalist. You obviously are a family man. I am, yeah. Aiden Farrier is, by his own admission now, um, gay. He's bisexual, but it's not really right. important. I don't see the alliance. Look, I find that kind, I find homophobia problematic. I don't, I'm not a homophobic person remotely. So I find that to see that kind of thing is weird. It may be a cultural thing because half of our states here have so-called, what you yeah. would call homophobic le legislation. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, no, of course. And I think that's changing rapidly, and I think that's a good thing. I, I don't wow. know if you agree. You know something? It's not necessarily what I hope will come. Okay. It really isn't. Well, it, it, I think that think we'll come. I think that for reasons that you don't understand, it may be inevitable. Mm -hmm. But given what happened versus what may be going to happen, I I don't wish I don't. And I'm not talking about going to prison for 30 years either. I don't want. No, I, I don't. You're a Family Guy. There's. There must be a decent part inside of There's you. There's a very decent part inside of me, I think. And you might have bitten off more than you To me personally, David D'Amato kind of represents this, this kind of alienation that would take place in a very kind of upper class, um, very kind of rich, alien, cold environment. It doesn't seem like he had... Um, the documentary, I believe, does hint that he had a fairly personal relationship with his mother but apart from that I mean it's also a fairly kind of ambiguous lead David is this embodiment of of the alienation in in rich upper class white privileged life and I, I think that it's a very interesting commentary that a person raised in that environment wants complete dominance and control over other people often not really viewing them as people, more as subjects for for a very involved hobby. I mean, he economically exploited them. He, in many times, like personally and socially sabotaged their, their, their reputations. He almost seemed to have this addiction to having control and dominance over other people. And I don't think that it's a coincidence that he came from a life of very high prestigious luxury that he manifests his pathology by controlling other people and having this strong almost desire to never um, accept any kind of accountability or, or criticism for his actions. I mean, the people that he gets in his life to defend him and decide with him, it seems like everyone in his life is a friend that he's bought. And it's almost as if that's how he's materialized how personal relationships work, is that you can buy them or they can be um, uh, acquired through something like supply and demand. It, it, it's, it's as if he's taken the models of a market or the models of any kind of and any kind of economic system and he's and he's kind of arbitrarily enforced them onto these other unassuming innocent people. And his, his, his social unawareness or his social coldness and his borderline sociopathic behavior, it begs the question of, I wonder if he was raised believing that he inherited a kind of might makes right mentality. And I wouldn't be surprised if he associates might with money because it's clear that the only thing that he really had in his life was 
time and money. He used those to make other people's lives a complete miserable hell. And I think that's it's a very telling, a very telling metaphor for the cruelty and the animosity and the the the, the complete lack of accountability because David D'Amato goes virtually unpunished legally. Uh, that 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 complete lack of accountability for horrible negative actions. It's a very strong commentary on what happens right now under our, our our current systems and how these people keep people in in economically and socially non-ideal scenarios. You could argue sometimes for a sociopathic or pathological gain, and that's a element I believe to David D'Amato's character that. I wish the film explored slightly more. Can't seem to find the damn thing. You're not doing well, a very good job. Where's your, where's your buddy David? He at least is He's in New York. able you know that. to, it's able the, to it's on the website. competent, uh, non-confrontational interview. Well, but no, really, what I wanted to do is wish you all the success possible okay. because it's going to be a good ride. Ladies and gentlemen, David Tomato. And David Tomato is the... It's he's weird. He's a very <laughs> weird guy. Yeah. But he's also incredibly interesting because the documentary towards the tail end really becomes a, a simple character study mm-hmm. on David. Yeah. It's as much as a character study as you can make about somebody who has spent like their entire life trying to be as out of the public eye as possible. I mean, it's only like more than halfway through the movie that you find out David D'Amato's true identity because he hid behind um, Jane O'Brien Media was kind of the front that they the originally like was putting out the tickled videos. Yeah, it was like, it was like a tickle, not fetish site. I, I don't mm-hmm. believe they called it. It was like a tickling you know video site. Yeah. And you find like um, later in the documentary, David Ferrier finds like um, evidence that he's been doing this from like at least since like the eighties and nineties, under like another more like different um, identities, identities, all, like all of them females. So like all when it comes out that he's, you know, like this guy David D'Amato, it's yeah. like shocking for everybody. Yeah, and uh, there's also this process that David would do under these identities where he'd like continuously bribe the talent of the videos mm-hmm. to continuously keep making tickling videos, and he and he'd send them. Concert tickets, concert tickets, cars, cars you know, yeah. like he came from a lot of money. Mm-hmm. He was a rich, rich guy. And, you know, whenever people would eventually back out because it's like, how much more crap do I need? And I want to do this anymore. You know, they, 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 they'd, they'd get the end of the stick that he gave David. You mm-hmm. know, you know, he'd, he'd get really hostile. And uh, yeah. And like when, when we say that they've devoted their entire life to this, they have. I mean, mm-hmm thousands and thousands and thousands of tickling videos mm-hmm. from all over the world <laughs> sent in it, it was literally an international empire of this stuff yeah and you you wonder like you know who is this person formerly a high school principal or an elementary school principal yeah elementary school i believe formerly an elementary school principal had a couple schools because they find out he had been like he had been, for circumstances unknown, he'd been, like, switched between schools, like, on a yearly basis. Which is very unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I don't want to suggest anything, but that, that it's it's very troubling mm-hmm. yeah. to think about. 
David is essentially this uh, byproduct of of like these very very wealthy kind of alien parents uh, mm-hmm. that are like these these like Wall Street like um, legal very prestigious law offices in like you know the, like the richest areas of mm-hmm. New York. I mean, it, it seems like David had no 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 childhood at all. No, no mm-hmm. real outreach. It, it seems like he probably lived a pretty miserable life. And I mean, I, I, it's probably not like an out there opinion to throw out. He's probably gay. He's probably suffered from at least like some closeted sexual like, you know, he probably mm-hmm. is a very sexually repressed person or he was yeah. before, you know, before his death. Because, I mean, why else would he attack people for their orientations and insist yes. it's such a non-gay thing when it clearly is very homoerotic it, it like the and like when we say they're, they're tickling videos mm-hmm. we mean people are tied down to beds or chained to chairs and their palms feet nipples armpits whatever are tickled with like feathers fingers mm-hmm. and all they, by like one two or three men like exactly their age yeah, and you just watch the people endure the the pain and pleasure of being tickled, mm-hmm. and like <laughs> like you know BDSM one hundred and one, but it's it's not sexual. So I guess I guess, I guess yeah. that that yeah you know it's not gay, it's not sexual, and that's David's kind of defense for it. And you could get like super analytical, like oh maybe he likes tickling because he didn't get any. He, he was never touched as a child. He was never embraced and loved as a child. Like mm-hmm. that's that's like probably not the case. But uh, I just think it's so interesting that this this hold away rich kid. This is this is what they what they became. This yeah. is what their their legacy is. This is what they devoted their whole life to. Every it seemed like every single facet of their life was devoted to getting tickling videos and getting more of them mm-hmm. and transferring the, the the payments to the tickled. Yeah, you find out he has like he's has like seven million dollars left Mil- yeah. left behind to him by his parents, and that's I mean it's, it took it took um, David Ferrier like so long to like find out who he was. Like he was basically like not a person. Yeah. Until like he like dug up all this information, and he's just like you said, like he's devoted his everything, like his entire life, to producing these. Like bootleg, like tickling <laughs> videos. Like this is his dream. It's mm-hmm. his passion. He's living like his best life. What are you doing, Mitch? Like what? What are you doing with your life? I mean, we're talking about him right now. Are you that's, devoting that's... this much passion to anything, even like the things you love in your life? No, I no, <laughs> you don't deserve it. He he deserves every tickling video he got, probably, because yeah. he's a hard he's a hardworking guy. The fallout after Tickled, you know, it was, it was a very successful mm-hmm. documentary. And then they made a sister film mm-hmm. somewhat called... Uh, the, the, the Tickle King. The Tickle King. It's a 20-minute kind of like follow-up epilogue to the reaction that David D'Amato and his kind of like lead attorney, Kevin Clark, had to the original documentary when it, when it was kind of running the circuit of um, uh, film festivals. Yeah, and David would show up in person to some of the screenings, and during the Q and As, which you know happen at most film screenings, you know they they ask the director questions, producer. David used the time to basically say like, "Oh, you got this wrong about the film. The film's a big lie. It's mm-hmm. all out of context. How do you put it in context? <laughs> that, like that. That's my follow up. But you know, it, it, it's basically you know like, oh, it's fake news. It's fake. This isn't yeah. real. Blah blah blah. And getting kind of hostile and kind of somewhat threatening to uh david and his his uh co-director he doesn't mm-hmm. meet david he meets the co-director yeah um 
being very kind of threatening and and you know Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they, they do go on like new, the news at one point. Um, Kevin Clark does, and um, pub- and like publicly, the they cries everything about this documentary. They eventually um, dig up the, the guy from Muskegon and have him like recant everything he said from mm-hmm. in the documentary. And it's like so obvious, like and probably because we watched him like one after another, we saw everything that he said in the documentary and everything he said in this follow up. It's so blatantly obvious that like he's lying and that like, he's obviously like bought off at, for some price. You know, flipping it, it should be illegal. <laughs> that should really be illegal. It, I, I've never seen a, a, a documentary like this before. I've never seen a film that not only are they exploring like a single subject this specifically, and they actually find out everything, and it's this like very like a big payoff story. Yeah. This weird mm-hmm. hole to add on to that. It also shows the fallout of this person reacting to this film made about them, mm-hmm. which you almost never see, you know. No, no. Especially in documentaries about very kind of like nefarious or somewhat nefarious people. Mm-hmm. Um, most of these people have died already, or they're 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 not you know accessible, you know whatever. Seeing David right there. And knowing he just watched this entire film exposing probably the most secret thing about him mm-hmm. in his life, probably the most personal thing about his life. I mean, what else does he have? Nothing, really. Really exposing his entire life in this documentary and not using it for any kind of reflection or anything, using it as, you know, oh, well, I'm going to threaten you and I'm going to sue you. Mm-hmm. Like nothing is learned. He's yeah. he's just he's such a kind of pathetic, sad mm-hmm. Person that that you know are, rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, he did um, die a, a, a few Obs- mo- few months. Like strange. Yeah, yeah. the mo- the movie um the tickled came out in 2016. Tickled King the follow up came out in 2017, and I think like months afterwards, like David D'Amato died, and, and under I don't I don't think it was ever really explained or like put out there what the circumstances were. And I believe he inserted in his will that even after he's passed, uh, he wants legal repercussions mm-hmm. for yeah. David and uh, his 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 colleague for their for their documentary. Mm-hmm. Very strange. Yeah. Very. Uh, he never gives up. Mm-mm. Like the yeah, I, I guess that that that's that's the big takeaway from David is he's just insistent mm-hmm. and. It, 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 I, I just really wish I could have had more of a lens into what it was like growing up for him or yeah. what happened in his life to make him do this. Because it's not it's not traditional. It's not no, it's not like not. like, you know, kids, you know, they they, they 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 go through stuff and, you know, they do weird stuff. I did weird stuff, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I never asked people <laughs> to send me videos of them tickling other people. And I would blackmail vote, devoted them. my entire life, build up this empire. Little oh. do you know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I can't recommend this documentary enough. David mm-hmm. Ferrier also has a series on Netflix called Dark Tourist. Dark Tourist, where, uh, like Mitch said earlier, he explores kind of weird and uh, eccentric tourist attractions all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been watching the series lately. I really enjoy it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. He goes to like these nuclear sites, mm-hmm. like these nuclear towns that are evacuated. Yeah, he he kind of puts a spotlight on um, 
tourist attractions that attract people because of their like grimness and um, like their morbid the, quality. The, mor- the morbid curiosity that these that like attracts people in droves. Like um, you and I watched, I think the second episode he did about like uh, attractions within the United States. Yeah, D- David Ferrier seems to have an eye for you know this kind of morbid uh, stranger stuff, and tickled is. The crowning I, jewel to, to that like that 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 style of his yeah mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what he does next it's yeah, uh, definitely. it's a very strong strong a plus five bags of popcorn for me <laughs> five golden bags the little drink yeah yeah definitely <laughs> and with that this has been moving pictures I'm your host Brent Gunn I'm your co-host Mitchell Kakalka and thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.